Hello and welcome to Herbology. I'm Anne. And I'm Kevin. And on this podcast, we are going to be discussing Season 2, Episode 5, Let's Pretend We're Strangers. Written by John Callahan, directed by April Mullen, and this one aired July 7th, 2017. Oh, we're we're close to another... You're right. So now we're like on track with Every the week. Dates kind of. <laughs> <laughs> now we can't skip because now it's too close. We'll have to keep it this way. <laughs> That's going to put us on the mark for a while, isn't it? That's okay. We'll have fun with it. And, and as a reminder, uh, again, we may be talking about anything and everything from the series, folks, not just up through this episode. So just be aware in case you are one of our newer listeners. Welcome. But also, if you haven't seen the whole series these are not the episodes to be listening to right now. No, we go off on tangents uh, pretty much every time. So you've, you've been warned. <laughs> so I forgot that this one, when I think of this episode, I always think of it starting with Winona sliding the kitchen window open. I totally mm-hmm. forgot that it started at the firehouse. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we we start out with the volunteer fire department, the creepy bird guys, as as my <laughs> friend Casey likes to call them, but they're actually called the Order, and they're dragging in a guy who he apparently was good, right? He had the black eyes, the weird voice. Yep, must be the case. I mean, at first you're wondering what they're doing, but then Mixon the goo comes through, mm-hmm. and so they chop off his head and say. Only one remains to be cleaved from this world. And then it doesn't take long for us to see who that one is. <laughs> Reminding us who it is, I guess, basically. Huh? Yeah. Uh, it's a, a very uncharacteristic Winona. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding up in the kitchen window, yelling a very cheery, good morning. <laughs> yeah, we kind of knew from the end of last episode, it was going to be different. It was going to be different. And if, <laughs> if that cheery good morning from Winona doesn't send chills down your spine. I don't know what does. Uh, Probably the rat smoothie. Oh, there you go. I don't care how many times I've seen that. You. uh, It's so gross, but it's so (laughs) good too, right? Like you can almost, you have a hard time like figuring out if it's Winona's joy or if it's Melanie's joy, just (laughs) going through that whole scene, right? Uh, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The most disgusting uh, rat smoothie and Waverly's tied to a chair. Yeah. Yeah. Not looking good, is it? No, it's not looking good at all. But at the same time, it's just like, what is with why no? Like, this is not what I expected when she was good. Right. I don't know what I expected because, you know, like we said, it was going to be Winona. So I, I think anything was in play. And so this shouldn't come as a shocker. Right. And she, I mean, she has these dark, these dark parts, but for the most part, when she's good, she's just completely bonkers, just giddy, crazy cuckoo. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's, it's very interesting to see. Then when Winona presents the rat smoothie to Waverly, she says, oh, you're not vegan, are you? (laughs) I can't help but laugh every time I hear that. I know. It's so good. Perfect. Such a perfect ad lib by Mel. Yeah, absolutely. Which Emily mentions, I think, in the postmortem with Bridget. So, yep. Oh, somebody at I want to say it was was it EDE? No, I don't know. One of the conventions, <laughs> uh, just recently, which any time in the last three months, right? Um, they made a rat smoothie, like 
like with red it was in a glass with like resin it was ve- like they did the whole they crafted the whole thing tail and oh all goodness. it looked so realistic <laughs> for a photo op oh <laughs> i'm not sure i saw that one i'm gonna have to kind of come across that one or if someone listening remembers seeing it feel free to tag us whatever i don't think i saw that one yeah it was good if, if i remember to go back i'll uh i'll do it but yeah otherwise i'm sure a listener will get it to us it was very good or maybe it was you listening but um yeah very good <laughs> Waverly sees the silver spoon that Winona is using to to stir the smoothie, and that's when she recalls, like, "Oh yeah, shiny objects. I was collecting these things for 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 Mixion." And Gunona says, "12 hours to go, and still some work to be done." So we're like, "Oh, what's something's going on with all this metal, right? It's like a project. This is starting to make a little more sense now. Why she's been collecting these things?" Yeah, because up till now, I mean, other than shiny things i mean i know there was a lot of speculation going on <laughs> first time through and it's like what what is with all this shiny stuff so yeah good good to start to see that part of it so at least at some point you can go oh okay now i get it right so something's starting to click waverly tells winona that you know she's like she's kind of pleading with her like i know you're in there and you can fight this thing but Gunona is quick to correct her and she's like, no, you could fight me. And she's saying how, you know, it's just it's exhausting being inside her with all that goodness. Or this is Mixion was saying this, right? Like confusing to go back and forth between like it's Winona talking, but it's Gunona talking, whatever. Um, <laughs> but so basically Mixion is saying like it was exhausting being inside Waverly because she she was she fought so much, but she was also just filled with so much goodness. Mm, yeah. And it comes up in the conversation with dolls from how long she was fighting. It just goes to show how strong Waverly is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Out of everybody that we see, it seems like she's the one who, who fought Mixion the most. But she's just such a spitfire, right? Like she's tied to this chair, but she's still barking back. You know, she's like, I'll find a weakness because fighting demons is what we do, which really kind of ticks off Gunona, who grabs her by the throat and threatens her and all of her friends saying, you know, she's like, how many will survive the day? And then she grabs the bone saw and says, I think I'll go, um, you'll go first and starts approaching Waverly. And again, it's like, this show is so well done. My rational mind knows that they're not going to kill Waverly. But my animal mind is like, oh, fuck, Waverly's going to get it. This is it. She's a goner. Heck, if they cut off her hand last episode, anything's in play. Yeah. Like what's <laughs> like an ear? What What is happening? Anything. Uh, are they going to kill her? And then they have to bring her back. Like who knows at this point? Waverly's just pleading. And we see Winona break through a little bit. And she starts whimpering. And she says that it hurts, but she's trying. How was mm. that for an Earp sister moment, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the pain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And again, this is, again, showing us how amazing both Mel and Dom are. And you can flip between your character and the goo portion of it um, so quickly mm-hmm. and, and so so well. You know, you, you go from shaking your fist at Gunona to, oh, it's really... It's really Winona now, and then boom, you know, back to the bad guy. Yeah, and like the funny moments with the rat smoothie and thinking on her feet and saying, "Oh, you're not vegan, are you?" And then it's like, "I'm going to kill you and all your friends." <laughs> Just wow. oh my gosh, that's amazing. Then they're interrupted by a horn honk, and Winona 
like slaps herself, making Gunona take over again. I mean, Winona doesn't do it, but Gunona takes over again. Uh, and then gags Waverly and it's like, get you on the flippity flop. <laughs> Grabs the briefcase and walks outside where Doc is with his fancy ride Charlene and some coffees. Oh, yeah. I, I love like giddy childish Doc where he's just like, check out my new ride, right? Like, isn't she? So- he's just so proud of his car. Yeah, proud's the word I was thinking. Yes, gets himself a sports car. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's um, he, so he's got coffees. He's like, "Where's Waverly?" Winona says that she, you know she's not feeling well. And Doc's like, "Oh, you should." You know, he's kind of like, "This is weird. Like you guys travel together, and we're in the middle of a case. Like you can tell he's like, what's happening." And she's like, "No, no, you know he's not feeling well." He's like, "Are you sure she's okay?" And then Winona distracts him by slapping him on the ass and saying, are those pants? <laughs> it's just very odd, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Doc's like, are you feeling all right? As she looks, She's bubblier and flirty than normal with him. And she tells him that it was a bloody merry morning in a tequila sunrise sunset. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a description? That's a very good description. And if I were <laughs> quick enough on my feet, I would use that more often, right? Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, so she's insinuating that they've done a lot of drinking the night before. And he's like, oh, okay. So she's, Winona says, a little tied up, uh, a lot hungover. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so inside Waverly is still trying to get free and eventually knocks her chair over, which... I saw I saw it coming. I was like, Waverly, just stop well, with this nonsense. You're going to tip over. And now what are you going to do? Figure it out, right? That's what she'll always do. Exactly. And then we're at the sheriff's office. And Doc says he's surprised that Winona hasn't asked about Dulce yet. Like, she hasn't even asked how he's doing. And he's like, by the way, he's improving. Like, thanks for asking. And then Winona sees this box of donuts and just takes them with glee, plops down in the chair. And... um. Doc gives Jeremy the plate and he's asking him to identify it. He's very excited about this. And he's like, oh, Purgatory Fair in 1952. Was it a good one? And Doc's like, I don't know. Is it the bottom of a well? (laughs) Oh, I love giddy, excited Jeremy sometimes. (laughs) I know. And he's like, oh, hardcore. And it occurred to me that he doesn't really know all the information about Doc yet. Like, it has me puzzled because it's like, okay, you know, he's the real Doc Holiday, but wh- how do you think he's here? Uh, I think at this point, Jeremy's still so excited to be part of the team. I don't think he's going to go deep on a lot of things. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> he's just got a crush on Doc Holiday. Details don't matter. At yeah, this point. Uh, we'll work it out later. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Jeremy licks the plate and says, odd, to which Doc replies, you really are. <laughs> Yes. Oh. But this whole scene uh, between Doc and Jeremy, I just think it's really sweet because it's like you the the facial expressions that Doc makes during the scene is just it's very sweet. Like you are a peculiar thing, aren't you? Well, he's also just been dealing with Bynona, who is being very odd too. So he's got a double barrel coming at him. Yeah, the way she's acting because he doesn't know what's up, and just Jeremy in general. Yeah, you have to wonder if he's just like, am I the one who's broken today or is everybody else broken? Yeah, what's going on? Jeremy 
says that this plate can't possibly be from 1952 because it doesn't taste like lead. So they deduce that there's probably something hiding underneath it, which is an element that I love in shows when there's something hidden underneath something else. Um, and it just got me thinking to the women scorned paintings, how it looked like one thing, but then when they put the holy water on it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect parallel there. And perfect way to bring that out. Because, I mean, first time we saw the plate, I mean, what did we think? It's a plate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, you know, the plate we knew, or, you know, when they first opened the case, it can't just be a plate. So bringing that, that idea forward too. With the painting, as you said, is just a great example of uh, hidden meanings, and you got to look deeper. Could you imagine if it was just about the plate, though? Like, <laughs> Wave, this guy lost his arm, Waverly's hand got cut up, and it's just because this guy had to get his mom's plate back. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a really rare plate from the World Fair, you know? Most things are worth a lot. I sold my Nana's better plate. Check, I gotta yeah, get better it check back. eBay, see what it's going for. <laughs> Uh, uh, Jeremy is like, you know, I've got this thing that can scan this. And Winona says with a mouthful of donut, or we can just skip to the dying. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Jeremy scans it. Sure enough, there's this etching under it. And Winona says, while with her third donut in her hand, because now I'm keeping track. Cause I'm like, that's a different donut than this. Like I'm looking at all the different flavors she's eaten now. So she's on her third donut. She says like, yeah, that's the same symbol that's on the purgatory volunteer fire hall. And then, then she asks like, how do you pull the weather up on, on this thing, which she's looking at her phone, which is just very not Winona at all. Right. This is not a thing she would normally ask. So it's all just, really adding up i mean we know she's not right but they don't know and i'm thinking how you've got to start noticing yeah, this. how much do you need before <laughs> <Yes>. you know <laughs> jeremy says he wants to take the plate back to bbd and double check it with like the archives and doc's like are you sure you want to do that because the last person who was transporting this plate was hacked to pieces and jeremy's like oh you, you know what yep you're brain check <laughs> yeah picture's just fine <laughs> <laughs> and then Winona is about to start her fourth donut. <laughs> she is loving that box of donuts. And it reminds me of like Mercedes 2.0 with the bacon. Bacon, right? yeah. Yes. So it's like they like demons must just be like, oh my God, American junk food is amazing. <laughs> I mean, we know she likes her donuts, but this is even more than she would normally eat. Mm-hmm. Um or, but now that I think about it, or is it a pregnancy thing? Is it a demon thing or a pregnancy thing? Oh, okay. I'm, was, I'm going demon, but yeah. Yeah, I, I was going demon it, you know. too, but mm, who knows? Yeah. It could be like a weird craving thing. Uh, but okay, so she's about to start her fourth donut and Doc's like, we got to go to the firehouse. My donut's like, I kind of got plans. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, we really almost died for this stupid plate. Like, hello earth to winona and she's like okay fine but as long as i'm like back before dark and he's just still like what what is the what problem is going here? on yeah yeah and she's like oh you know because i gotta check on waverly remember she's sick and doc suspiciously corrects her and he says you mean hung over and then she says pitter patter can't let the trail go cold and then i was like is that a letter kenny nod because they say pitter patter let's get at her a lot Oh, I was thinking it was a baby. 
Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> pitter patter of little after the fact, obviously. No, at the moment, like what is talking about? But later on, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All very suspicious. Back at the homestead, Waverly is still tied to the fallen chair. And she's on the floor yelling for help. And we hear someone walk in. And she's so funny when she bluffs. She's like, I'm armed and tray pissed. (laughs) (laughs) I love this character so very much. And Uh, I I know I'm not alone, but no. (laughs) (laughs) And she she sees that it's dolls and her demeanor demeanor immediately goes back to sweet Waverly, right? Like she goes from like, I'm armed and tray pissed, just like. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, hey, dolls. Okay, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> just hanging around here." <laughs> she's like, "Oh, you're up and about." <laughs> she's like, practically ready to talk about the weather. He lifts up her chair, but doesn't untie her just right yet, right? And he points his gun at her because the last time he saw her, she was gooverly. So he's like, "Why shouldn't I kill you?" Mm-hmm. And she says, "Well, for starters, I'm tied to a chair again." <laughs> me again is what kills me it's like this is not the first time i've been tied to a chair okay like just in the last few days even and um she's like oh yeah no you're an hour late it's the demon is now in winona so he starts quizzing her to make sure that she is the real waverly asking where they first met and she's very quick to give the answers she's like you know outside shorties you put a winona put a knife to your neck then he asks about her favorite food and she says lasagna. And then he's like, no, real favorite food where she's very sweetly admits it's sweet and sour soup with a dollop of peanut butter. Pretty specific. Very specific. And I've been I've been so tempted to try it. It's that character detail is another thing that's been carried over into like almost every fanfic I've ever read about Waverly. Oh, OK. It's really interesting. Like the little the little tiny details that end up transferring over from the characters that's one of hers he's um dolls is worried that mixion could just be reading waverly's thoughts right now and he mentions that you know when he saw it at the barn you know he's talking about like back at the barn and that's when the light bulb kind of goes off in waverly and she's like okay i recall being there and then she gets very emotional about how like he could have died and he can tell this is Waverly, right? Oh, yeah. But, you know, to his, to his credit, you know, you got to be careful in that situation, especially as someone who's gone through this before. So you totally get him not believing her and trying to bring out the wise and, and leave it to Waverly to, to break down a bit and cry to, to help him <laughs> be able to tell it's really her. Yeah, well, because that's exactly like a demon is going to try to trick you. Like how 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 trickier can you get than to go into the sweet one's body and just to pretend to be all sweet, right? It's a perfect Trojan horse. Um, so he's like, okay, that's you're the most apologetic demon ever. So like, I know this must be you. And he sits down, but he still doesn't untie her, which I just think is so funny. They're like just talking about their plan now, but she's still tied up. And then they both just kind of realize, oh shit, this thing is in Winona and it's going to do whatever it wants. Yes, it is. Especially based on what we saw at the very beginning of the episode. Anything's possible. Uh-huh. Back at the sheriff's office, Winona walks in and she's walking in to, by Nicole. And she is just tugging at her bra. 
just tugging, tugging. Nicole's like, uh, you okay there? She says, underwire my ass. I swear this thing fit yesterday. Just in our faces, Kevin. I mean, this is the most pregnancy like bombshell. Hey, well, it, since this is the episode, you can you can throw a bunch of that at us yeah, if you can't, you, you know? Yeah, they're going to tell us Last any minute. Chance. Yeah. Last chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if they don't suspect something by now, let's just literally have we'll her just, boobs let's too have big one for every her bra. Five minutes. Yeah, let's have yeah. one every five minutes until we do the reveal. <laughs> do we have to spell it out for you? Okay, yes. fine. Nicole asks if Waverly's popped in without her noticing. And Wynonna's like, oh, you, you know, she's sick. And Nicole's like, wait a minute. What do you mean? You know, I just spoke to her last night. And then Winona starts teasing her, saying, Well, she's a good faker if you haven't noticed. And just kind of planting these seeds of doubt with Nicole. And Nicole starts talking about how you know, she's left her three messages. Do you think she even got them? And then Gunona says that, you know, Waverly needs space and she's dying under the weight of your expectations and that she's not the white picket fence and purgatory girl you want her to be anymore. And poor Nicole. Ugh. Downright cruel. So Downright cruel. mean. Yes. And she says, you know, Winona, you're really mean when you drink before noon and you drink before noon too often. Yeah. I just wanted to reach in and hug Nicole. Hug. Hot. Yes. <laughs> I poor think Nicole. everybody did. I mean, it's not the only time I've ever wanted to do that, but. <laughs> Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> but during all this, Winona is being, you know, she's being very mean, but she's also writing something on this piece of paper where she's trying to break through the demon, right? She's writing possessed, which she spells wrong. But um, and then as Nicole leaves, she says she didn't deserve that. And then we see her like stab herself in the hand with a pen. Not just in the hand, through the hand. Oh, so gross. And uh, yeah, <laughs> just trying to like break out of of Mixion, right? Mm-hmm. And then Mixion breaks through and says, try that and try that again and we'll bleed every last one of them slowly. So Mixion's not messing around. And um Doc comes in and he's yelling, You coming or not? And then she joins him. But before she does, she like she doesn't just pull the pen out of her hand, she pulls her hand back up over um, the pen. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so gross. But then we see that it heals up. So that debunks my my bad. Well, my bad memory, first of all, about how um, I couldn't remember, like, do you think it's an angel thing or a mixion thing? So it's definitely a mixion thing. It's a mixion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are adding up here. Back at the homestead, Waverly is recalling what it felt like to have mixion inside of her. And she said it was like what did she say? A thousand tiny fingers prying. And then we find out that Dolls knows more about Mixion than we've realized before, where he starts saying that at BBD, they called them passengers. And she also starts talking about how she had some memory loss when it would take over, how she couldn't remember everything. She felt like they were multiplying. And he says, yeah, becoming legion. Very ominous. Yeah, very interesting. And it's like, okay, what does he all know? She says, it's not as cool as breathing fire. And Dolls is like, yeah, yeah, it's just who I am. <laughs> because he says it's not a thing that's inside him. It's who he is. So that's interesting, too, to make that determination between, like, it's not that he's possessed. It's like he's been altered, right? 
Yeah. In other words, for him, this isn't temporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to remember, too, that like he has been injected with the new serum. And as we know, the new serum doesn't do well for him. So, like, you have to wonder at what point he knows that he's going to start dying. Does he already that, know? And that's a heck of a good question. Um, and that's one of the interesting things, I think, looking on some rewatches. Because, again, you've got to go both in the show's universe for any of these hints or whatever, but also step out going, knowing the real world of, you know, when Jameer wanted to uh, uh, step back and when they had to start writing to that. So, I mean, I'm not sure that yeah. would be. Don't know if that, we don't know that time yeah, frame. The time on it, but yeah, it's this, this is because I had the same thing in my notes. This is where it's fun from a fan point of view on a rewatch and trying to tie things together going, Oh, if I could take him, go in my head cannon and kind of spin this a certain way. Yeah. See, see, you know, just like we try to figure out when we notice the pregnant things <laughs> we're, we're there, we do have a timeline, right. When they knew, but mm-hmm. we don't, we don't exactly know this one. Um, Waverly also goes on to say that the thing jumped into Winona because Waverly wouldn't do what it wanted to. And that's when she says she was fighting uh, for seven weeks. It's a long time. It's a long time considering Lucado couldn't last seven minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's interesting. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and speaking of Lucado, she shows up and has a gun pointed at Dolls' head at that, that time. She is desperate, and I think desperate's the word. I mean, mm-hmm. not that we didn't see that last episode with the whole sending Waverly in uh, by herself, but yeah, she's looking for anything that she can use as leverage yeah, you know, to get back. And DVD. it's so interesting, too, because like, well, she says it later on, uh, too, about being alone. Um, but you have to think she is alone. Her husband's dead. Black Badge has totally abandoned her. She's just, she's scrambling. Then we're at a diner. This is one of my favorite scenes in this episode. And Doc is with Winona and he's talking about the seal. And Winona is just gleefully pouring syrup on pancakes. So much syrup. (laughs) Just eating, not even cutting the pancake, just picking the whole thing up with the fork. And then she dumps sugar in her coffee. And she's just off her rocker, right? And she's flirty and not really in the mission at all. Just not in it. She's thinking about fire trucks and going to have sex with Doc. Like anything but the mission at this point. And, well, it's um, also the demon and the food thing, like you brought up earlier. Yeah. Just pancakes. So oh, syrup and pancakes, sugar in this, you know? Yeah. It's like watching Buddy the Elf in, <laughs> in Elf, just all the food groups, just sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Is Miction an elf? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not going with that idea. <laughs> Come on, Kevin. Go down the rabbit <laughs> You've hole. You've got some good ones, but that rabbit hole is closed. <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> you don't think it's a Christmas elf? <laughs> uh, I'm going to need more evidence if you're going to try to make that. Point. All right, fine. I'll put a pin in it. <laughs> um, and in this BTS, Mel describes Gunona as what Winona would be if she didn't have the burdens that she has. Like, if she didn't have so many burdens, you would see a genuine smile. Yeah, and that was that was fascinating stuff. I mean, when you step back from that statement, not just this episode, 
But if you think of everything else in the context of the series, um, and, and we've touched on it and we will many, many more times as we go through, there's the, the burden of dealing with this, one owner and concern for Waverly and everyone else. Man, that's a heck of a burden to have to carry and deal with. So mm-hmm. you can see the total difference here of just, yep, eating four donuts, eating all the pancakes, just wanting to throw the clothes off and go have fun for the day. I mean, there's just all set for the fun side of life. Yeah. And I mean, I buy some of that, but I know like Winona's also got all that history too. So she, she is a little edgier even without the curse, I think. But oh goodness, yes. But the yeah. carefree part, I, I, I buy that. The carefree, especially in a situation where she's comfortable, like around, right? Her where and, and family, and and later on, it's probably season four, where she, you know, does one of her, her big speeches where she's like, you know, if I rest, everyone around me dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that you know, that's always been one of the biggest weights on her mind is like not only just ending the curse but it's like keeping everyone around her alive not just Mm -hmm. waverly like anyone she's ever come to care about is constantly in danger so yeah she doesn't have time to eat four donuts normally (laughs) (laughs) and at the homestead lucata wants the briefcase dolls is like i'm pretty sure you're fired for abandoning two bbd agents at the sting op (laughs) So why are you even here? Like, you don't, I don't think you have a job. I think you've been fired (laughs) and they start fighting, which is a great fight scene. It's so badass. Kate Drummond does an amazing job. And she's gone on to say many times in many interviews, just how much she loved doing this scene with Shamir. Yeah. And she did it so well. You know, I remember even talking to her on Tales of Black Badge when we had her on, but it was before I think this had aired. And so she couldn't give it away, but you could just hear in her excitement uh, how much she wanted everybody to see this and, and how, you know, pleased she was with how she was able to make it work. Cause yeah, it's a, it's a great back and forth, you know? Yeah. I always, I like even watching the BTS, I'm like, how do they do it? Like, do they actually punch, but just really lightly or do they just stop right before they punch someone? I'm no expert, but even based on the fight scene we saw when we were on set, the, the one with the, you know, Widow Mercedes and uh, Nicole and all, I mean, that's choreographed so well, like a dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to do too with the camera angles and, and how fast they want them to go. So I'm sure it depends on, you know, how they're shooting a certain scene and so forth. Sometimes, yes, it's, you know, pull on with a stunt person to punch. Other times it's the timing of, of turning away and also. I mean, again, it's just, it's fascinating to under, go into that and the amount of time it takes to, to truly put that together to make it look as real as it does. Yeah. I mean, I can't even line dance. I don't know how they do this. <laughs> I'm like the least coordinated person. I can't do the electric slide. I don't know how they do this. Well, uh, even in the, in that scene that we saw with the uh, point, there was the time when, um, in the episode there, Waverly gets pushed down onto the table, the table breaks. And mm-hmm. we're jumping ahead five or six episodes, and we'll talk about it more then. But, you know, I, I goodness, I saw that filmed, I got to say, four, five, six times. So that stunt person is going into that over, over, over again just to get it right. So it's a lot physically. It's a lot. Yeah. And meanwhile, Waverly's still tied to the chair, but somehow she, and I, I don't really pay attention to this 
one of the other times, but she's now successfully hopped the chair all the way across <laughs> the kitchen and into the hallway, just like following the action. <laughs> and it's like, is she just want to see how the fight plays out? Or she, like, she could have just stayed there I and tried to get away. <laughs> to have a camera angle on that is, is they're breaking down the house and almost killing each other. And she just hop, 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 hop. Yeah, just bouncing <laughs> the chair into the hallway. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> finally she gets a hand free just in time to see dolls go flying through a window and she says guys we just replaced that <laughs> i'm just like she's not screaming like don't hurt each other or whatever she's nope. just like you guys come on now <laughs> just cause a lot of money you know none of us get paid come on <laughs> Lucados is on top of dolls and he's gotten a screwdriver from a nearby toolbox, probably from them just replacing the window. And um, she's got a knife and then bam, there's a shotgun blast and there it's Waverly in one of her shotgun poses. Looking all badass. She says, quit it, you assholes. Winona's possessed and we don't have time for you two to go all UFC on each other. Oh. oh, yes. Classic Waverly lines, including the next one. Lucado mm-hmm. says, what's the situation? Waverly notices Peacemaker sitting there, picks it up. What does she say? Well, frankly, Lucado, the situation is balls. How many times have we heard that or used <laughs> that one before? <laughs> Anytime something has gone sideways or south or whatever you like to use or is not working, yes, that is a very appropriate Way to get a point across to your fellow workers. Situation is balls. <laughs> uh, the, the BTS for this one does a really good job of highlighting this fight scene with Kate and Shamir too. And the, the postmortem talks a lot about it too, which I think it's really nice to give so much attention to, to Kate, like on her way out, right? Just highlighting her fight scene before she makes her grand exit. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd use the word grand. Explosive. <laughs> and the BTS too. I didn't notice it last time, but she's like talking to her dead corpse. Yes. <laughs> Kate is. And she's like, well, if you're going to go out and she's like stroking the headless yeah. image of herself. <laughs> that's got to be a little freaky too. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. I think I can hear whoever's recording, like whoever's doing the camera work, like kind of giggle. <laughs> oh, it's just funny. Uh, at the fire station, Winona and Doc walk in. And on the way in, Doc like tips his hat to the firefighters as he walks by. And I just I love details like that where Doc is still so very old timey and has this politeness about him. And he's got a hat to tip this time, too. Exactly. That's probably why I noticed it more. He was just so happy to have his hat back. Doc mentions that they have a lot of axes, even for firefighters. <laughs> And it's funny because like this cage of axes is like not your typical axe. It's like medieval no. stuff and a shield. Like what is the kind on? of stuff we're going to see in that room with Winona there at the nunnery. Right? Oh, good one. Mm, good connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One point, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's on the board today. <laughs> I try. It's impossible to keep up with you, but I do want to at least stay on the game. No, I don't feel like I had a lot for this episode. <laughs> And Winona starts talking like weird stuff, right? She's like, too many of us have met our ends here. How dare they? And um, she asks Captain Ewan, 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 um, 
if her if her name means anything to them she's like i'm winona earps i mean it's still ring a bell i was like i don't know i've seen some westerns <laughs> she says that some horrible deeds have been committed here and he's like well, i mean we just saved lives i don't know how horrible it could be and then um She's like, yeah, well, which lives? And it's just this weird situation where he goes on to say the station's built on an old church. And you can tell that he's kind of picking up on some of this now, right? Like Unlike Doc, he got it pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's like, have you done some bad things? And then she pulls out a knife out of her pocket and Doc grabs it quickly saying like, her sister's been sick. You're going to have to excuse her. I think she's getting sick too. But the guy doesn't even flinch at this weird talking woman who's pulling a knife on him. No. No. And as they leave, Ewan says, Juan Carlo isn't going to like this. No. I love we had another Juan Carlo. And we got another one coming up later. So there's even more Juan Carlo than I remember. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm really picking up more of his, his influence now. Doc's taking Winona to the car and he's like, let's get you to bed. And she's like, I just need a minute and some water, which is another sign that this is not Winona, right? She doesn't mm-hmm. drink water. She's <laughs> whiskey and coffee. <laughs> That's it. Yep. And um, he's like, why did you pull a steak knife on this guy? Why not peacemaker? And she just looks at him and then he realizes why, right? Um, and he grabs her, throws her in the truck and says, or in the trunk and says, Winona Earp never leaves the house without that gun. And she drinks her coffee black. So that was the big one for him was when he saw the sugar being poured into the coffee. I was going to say, which, what, was it just one of those two or, or did he need both to finally put it together? I think he had a pretty good inclination. I think it was both. I think he had a good idea, but once he realized <laughs> that you don't even have Peacemaker, do you? Yeah. And it was like, okay, that plus the coffee with the sugar. This is weird. Um, but it, it pulls at my heart too, because I, I love that he's so good at observations and he knows Winona so well that he knows how she likes her coffee. I think that's like how you can tell if people really know someone or not. They know how they take their coffee. Mm-hmm. At the sheriff's office, Doc is now dragging in Winona. Like she's been apprehended. This is no longer Winona that we know and love. And Dolls is helping her. And they come across Waverly, who's now just so sorry. She just can't stop saying sorry enough. She's like, I never should have touched that goo. I'm so sorry. And Gunona goes as crazy as we've seen so far and just starts screaming in the weird voice, hellfire shall quicken against your flesh and devour your soul, dragging you into its everlasting depths. Just all creepy. And Waverly's just like, I said I was sorry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Like She's not even afraid. She's just like apologetic. (laughs) She's like, God, you didn't have to go all crazy on me. I said I was sorry. I didn't mean to do it. (laughs) Never does. Uh, so Waverly's cluing them in on, on how like, okay, yeah, remember that whole hand thing? That was a real thing. It did grow back like an evil starfish. <laughs> and um, she's like, so wait, um, Winona can't touch Peacemaker now as long as the demon abides inside of her. So like, what are we going to do? They're talking about all this stuff in front of Lucado. And Waverly's like, well, maybe we could just get help from BBD or Moody. And Dolls is like, 
well, I'm still on their do not resuscitate list. And then they look at Lucado, who's like, yeah, well, they're not returning my calls because I didn't get the briefcase. I mean, what a band of misfits, huh? Oh, totally. And then that, that, that was a nice way, I thought, too, from a story point of view, to kind of align Dahl's uh, Lucado mm. um, after they had almost killed each other just a few minutes early. You know what I mean? I mean, from a story point of view or a plot bit, I mean, the two of them were almost fighting to the death. So as, we'll, as we're going to see what's going to happen, the fact that the two of them are now working together, I mean, it was a nice way to remind us from the bigger picture point of view that, oh, that's right. Yeah, you actually do have something in common here, don't you? Yeah, they've both stepped in it deep enough where it's like, uh, they want me dead yeah. and uh, you have nobody behind you anymore. Lucata says that, you know, maybe it'd be helpful if Waverly and Doc went and searched for a sample of this goo. Waverly's like, yeah, it's, you know, I touched it back at the arch. Maybe there's some there. Doc's just excited to get back in his new car. He's like, it's got a cassette player. <laughs> and before they leave, Lucato says, I hope I don't need to stress this. But don't touch the goo. <laughs> Waverly says, oh, I don't even take free samples at the grocery store. <laughs> Is there a more quintessential Waverly? I know. But that? how she goes from like, you know, I've been looking into spy schools and like, you know, she wants to go be on this top secret mission to like things like, oh, I, do, I don't even take free samples anymore. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, and then when they leave, we find out that this was just all a ruse to get them out of Lucado's hair for a bit. And then Dahl says that this is all too familiar, even for purgatory. And Lucado says how the report says that it was defeated in Budapest. So they're talking about this previous experience that they have together. And um, they also mentioned how the office went dark two weeks later when they were back in the olden days in Budapest. Um it's been, I guess, tracking dolls ever since Kabul. And then he mentions that he saw it one time during an exorcism in an obsidian mirror. So I love how this ties it back to the episode um, with the blade. I think it's 104 yes. where he says, no mixion, you shall not pass. So that that's a cool tie back. It's like, yeah, we, we did hear that name before. Um, and then he says that you, you can't. Um... Oh, she says you, you can't even say its name. And then he says Mixion. And then he mentions that there's never been a successful unbinding and that it could spread through an entire population. And the God is like, but we're going to need to prove it with like tissue or bone. And that's when they kind of look at each other and they realize what has to be done. Dolls picks up a garden shears and says, we know it has to be me. So that's not good for Wynonna. No, but I got to give credit to Lucado again. She offered to do it knowing that she already hated her. Yeah. So, or did she know. offer just because she wanted to chop her finger off? <laughs> <laughs> Please, okay. I, let me Hadn't do it. There. I want to do it. <laughs> I hate that bitch. She punched me back at the other episode. It's <laughs> my retribution. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, I had not it, considered that. <laughs> it could be either or. Back at the fire station, uh, Juan Carlo is there and he's talking with Captain Ewan about, you know, oh, I, I see you met Winona Earp. He's like, yeah, she's infected and she's the last one under the influence of Miction. Juan Carlo says that she could be a real ally. And he says she has people who love her and could find a way to unbind her from Miction. I think that's really interesting where he's like, 
you know, the difference here is that like she has people who love her and they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that this doesn't continue living inside her. And, and this for me, I know you're not familiar with it, Anne, but I know some of the listeners will be. Um, one of the big parts of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, without being spoilery, um, is that um, the reason that Buffy is able to succeed uh, in that universe, in that show, is because she has friends, unlike other uh, situations in the, in the history of Slayers and such, where they're mostly uh, on their own and so forth. So it's again, it's this is paralleling shows here uh, and some of the different things here where normally when, you know, Ewan and the gang, the bird gang <laughs> come across someone infected, it's a, it's a done deal. They're dead. You know, that, that's the only way to take care of it. But it's showing us again here that when we get, you know, the Earp clan together, they will find a way. Right. He says that they all have a role to play. And he says that the air in her position should not be taken lightly. And uh, Ewan says, you know, the order appreciates your guidance, Juan Carlo. We always have, but they follow my word and always have. We end it tonight, which is all very interesting to me. The stuff with the order and the roles to play in the air. I just, I want more of that Juan Carlo story. I mean, obviously we get some more later on, but it's like just enough to make you want more. <laughs> yeah. Start wondering about it. Yeah. And um, back at the sheriff's office, Gunona is in the cell and Dolls is there and she's just kind of taunting him, right? Talking about how, oh, we're going to talk demon to demon. And he's like, how about you just vacate that body and I call you a cab? She's like, <laughs> but have you seen this sweet ride? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about like, you know, seeing her curves up close and she's like, oh, you haven't, but you want to and just really taunting him, promising him things and He's like, how about you just be quiet? And then he grabs her hand and that's when she realizes what he's going to do. And then she's like, she tries to talk him out of it saying, it's not going to regenerate. You know, that was just Waverly. She's got special abilities that way. He's like, no, you're lying. But you can see like the doubt start to creep in. Cause like, okay, I don't really want to do this to her. What if she's right? And, um, She's begging, and then she says, "There's always another way," which is like the first real Winona thing she's actually said all day. Mm -hmm. uh, but then she has this moment where she does break through, and she just looks at dolls, and she's like, "Do it!" And he just whispers, "I'm sorry," and quickly does it. And then she's crying and doing all this waterworks theatrics afterwards, and then she just turns it off the minute he walks away. <laughs> I'm like, I think I've seen my daughter do that very same thing to me. Like, <laughs> I was about to say, any of us parents have seen that. <laughs> We've seen that trick one too many times. Yeah, yeah, we know how it works. <laughs> um, Lucado or Dolls comes and he gives Lucado the finger, but not like the actual thing, like her, the finger, not the finger. He doesn't flip. I love the how finger. you said that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> flips just flips her off now. Um, and he's like, you know, the best bet is for us. Or Lucado's like saying, you know what? Our best bet is to turn her over to headquarters. And he's like, why? So they can dissect her. And he's like, no chance. Like whatever's going to happen one way or the other, she's going to stay here. So he's, he's not turning her over to science as it, as it would be. Um, and Lucado's like, but if we deliver her, we'll be in the clear. We'll be all done. And that's when he just really puts his foot down and he's pulls his gun on her. And he's like, nope, one way or the other, we're riding this out. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, at the arch, Waverly finally gets to meet Juan Carlo. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but before before she he shows up, she's like asking questions like, do you think the goo would like does it evaporate or do you think it goes into the leeches into the soil? And he's docs like, I don't know. That's chemistry. That's not really my area. And she's like, Oh, is that why you hired a hottie mixologist? <laughs> Doc's like, Oh, you think she's hot? Do you? Yeah. My, my eyes just rolled to the back of my head. Cause I'm like, yeah, the hot tub scene's going to prove how hot she thinks. She thinks <laughs> that's for sure. Yes, it is. Yes, That's coming too. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, does she think she's hot? She has eyes. Like, hello, Doc. <laughs> Car pulls up. It's Juan Carlo. And Doc's like, oh, that's the guy who gave Dallas a ride and saved his life. And um, Juan Carlo says he did nothing heroic. And then he says, I'm quite incapable or I'm quite unable, which is very interesting. Because, like, what can you do, Juan Carlo? Well, it, it's it's the fascinating part that we saw obviously at the end of season one when he first started having more conversations with Winona and Doc and everything else. You know that that ability for these guardians, uh, mm-hmm. these you know different s- supernatural stories, you're unable to. He can't interfere intervene or something. You can't, yes, like you that. can't intervene or inter- it, it all comes down to the wording. You can't interfere often, or you can't. Uh, intervene, but you can influence right. people to do things. Yeah, you know, so that's where it's fascinating. So yeah, at this point, it's now becoming very obvious. I, I mean, certainly for me as, and many folks as viewers, like, okay, this dude has got some higher calling or something else. Yeah, he's not. And we just away. don't know what it is. But he, it's not like he can run in and do things. Right. And he so tells them that cool. they're wasting their time out there. That the order has already cleaned up. There's not. They're not going to find anything. There's no residue. And um, then this is when we find out that the order is like kind of a danger to Winona. And he tells them, you know what, if you want them to stop with this pursuit of Winona right now, you're going to need to give them something. Then they want more. And then he just vanishes. <laughs> and I mean, literally like, one minute yeah. he's there, the next minute he's not. And it's like, how, they didn't question that. <laughs> just like, poof, he's gone. Doc's like, yeah, he does that. It's infuriating. <laughs> Um, but I thought, why wasn't, why wouldn't Waverly just research the crap out of that? Like, I got to get to the bottom of this guy. Probably on her list, but, and, and, you know, knowing what's coming up in the next few episodes, you got much, much more important things to focus on. Is a little busy. You're right. Lucado has the goo and she has extracted it from the finger and dolls walks in saying that, you know, oh, look at there's a bunch of plants that you can use to unbind a demon from its host. And Lucado's just all mesmerized by the goo. And she asks dolls if he if he can hear it. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, it's whispering. No, it's singing to me. And this is when dolls is like, oh, shit. And he pulls his weapon and he's like, back away. And she's like, you know what, if BBD won't have me, I don't want to be alone. And then she touches the goo and it's now Gucado. <laughs> <laughs> we only get to say that for a couple of minutes. <laughs> right. And then she whispers home. We are legion once more. And dolls is like, okay, we're oh, going to have to go to the holding cell. And she says yes to free my other. But then she breaks through and she says, 
dolls get back. Don't let it touch you right before her head explodes. So she did try to save them. She did. That was her little way. I got to say, I, I never envisioned that her head would blow off. I got to say that. No, that was far. And in <laughs> such an, exp- like it was everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And that one, you know, with what we know about touching the goo, I mean, that's a lot of cleanup work when you get a risk not getting anyone infected, but I, I don't want to pull that thread. Right. I was thinking like, is he protected enough cleaning that up later on? Cause like you can't get any of it on you. Um, but so you weren't, you weren't at Earth Division Expo, but the panel, my first panel I had, I, it was the law panel and I had Kate, Varun, Kat and Greg. And I, I had a bit of fun with Kate right away where I had this Petri dish and I had some black slime, like kids slime. And it looks exactly like the goo from the show. So we sat down and I slid it over to her and like, we started just when we started, I just like slid it over to her and I said, just whatever you do, just could you try not to touch this? And she was so fun. She played along right away and she was like, oh, really? You're going, you're going there right away out of the gates. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a lot of fun. But then Varun was like, what is it? I want to touch it. And she's like, no, you can't touch it. And she was like trying. She was pretending she was drawn into it. And then Varun licked it. So, oh boy, there was that <laughs> staying in character, I guess it goes. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so Dolls has to clean this mess up. He's in a <laughs> hazmat suit, it's very sad and funny in a weird way. And Waverly's walks in and she's like, Oh, Dolls, you didn't. <laughs> I love that she thought that. I know, and she's like ready to scold him, right? And he's like, No, 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 she touched it, it but she wasn't as strong as you. And Waverly says, or maybe he's growing stronger, which is which is an interesting point. I think she just wasn't as strong. Yes, I'm with you on that. Again, another indication of just how strong Waverly is. And I think part of the reason she wasn't as strong is because she didn't have friends, like you said. Like she she was so alone. Like she really only had herself to fight for. Yeah, and you can also go down the line of, of, uh, you know, strong-willed weak-minded mm-hmm. you know i mean aside from doing it for someone else too whether or not you're of the personality type who can who can easily deal with that right but yes it's the whole combination of it i just you know it's just r.i.p lucado you know i know taken too soon <laughs> and then doc says he just kind of thinks to himself out loud like that one time i put a can of pasta in the microwave <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Doc and his technology, huh? Waverly's like, Doc, she was a human being. I love how she's always scolding someone, like Mother Waverly. Dolls is like, come on, let me show you where we're at with this. And, you know, he's found these compounds that'll shock the system, making Mixion think that it's in a dying body and then it'll abandon it. And Waverly's like, okay, yeah, but, you know, you guys were at the arch. You saw that the tentacle, you're like your guns were no match for that tentacle. So like your plan of just like shocking it and then shooting it, it's not going to work. And then she slinks off to go see Gunona where she admits that she might've caused some trouble with her and her ginger pop tart, <laughs> which I do not remember that nickname. And I was like, that's a good one. That's a good one. 
Waverly's like, we're running out of time. And Gunona's trying to get to Waverly saying, you know, Nicole's this boring cop. And Waverly's like, she's not boring. And then Gunona says, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but you've got dark corners that you haven't explored yet. Ding, 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 ding. That's such a good way to like tease us. Every so often. Whether it was Bobo or Mitch can come. I mean, they, they're they letting us know that our girls got something going on. But this is season two, Kevin, <laughs> where she ends up going the dark corners. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I had I had no idea. Oh, no. I mean, at this point, we don't. We're no. Early like we season no two, idea. we're just hearing little teases and going, oh, I wonder what that's going to mean someday. Yeah, what could it be? So mm-hmm. much to cover. And um Waverly's like, I'm not enough to save you. And Winona's like, then she realizes what she has to do. So she holds Peacemaker right to Ganona's cheek, like forcing Mixion out of, you know, the dying host kind of thing. And then Waverly goes to Winona's mouth, forcing like the transfer of Mixion back into her body with like that Mixion kiss thing. And then Waverly leaves just as Doc and Dolls come in because they heard screaming. And Winona's like, you know, stop her. She took Mixion back. They could have just ran it. Like, she didn't get far. <laughs> they should have just grabbed her right through there. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go. I'm going to let That's it go right. this time. That's right. Ignore that thread. <laughs> and uh, she's like, they're like, why would she do that? And then we see that Waverly left Peacemaker behind on purpose because she knows Winona's really the only one who could stop him. Back at the homestead, Gooverly's there. The order is there. They're surveilling the place. Ewan recognizes right away that Mixion is in Waverly. How he knows this, I don't know, but apparently he's very good at his job. And he's like, you know, we have to destroy it. And they're gathered out there and they're ready to sacrifice one for the good of many. The one being Waverly in this case. And inside the barn, Waverly goes in and there's Nicole and we also see Gooverly's metal art sculpture, finally. I like how you call it an art sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen it in a museum before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm surprised that's not in the auction. <laughs> 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 Everything else is. Uh, Nicole's like, I tried to stay away. I know, you know, you need space, but I got worried. And there's signs of a struggle in the house. And... Um, you know, there's lightning. So this thing could just make the whole barn go up in flames. Winona shows up. If she touches the thing in the lightning storm, Mixion is going to be fused with her forever. The order is pouring holy. There's a lot happening. The order is pouring holy water around the barn. Um, Winona says, out of my way, Renaissance Fair. <laughs> so funny. Um, and they've consecrated the grounds and they don't want Winona to get through. They're like, we're going to, you know kill your sister she says she'll shoot every beak build leg day love and last one of them i don't know how she can deliver those lines so fast they're like tongue twisters but somehow she does it ewan thinks that maybe she's still possessed and she drinks the holy water to prove that she isn't so he's like okay fine you can go in but waverly's going to be collateral damage and this is a huge mistake huge doc realizes then that they have something of interest and he's like hold on and doll says don't you trust him and winona says always so they trade the plate thanks to the advice uh, from juan carlo 
And he agrees. And he's like, okay, Winona can go in. You've got 15 minutes. After that, Waverly's head is going to roll. I'm sure Winona's going to be fine with that. Then Winona says one of my favorite lines that I love to use all the time. She says, you've made an enemy this Friday. But then he's like, it's only Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> she just, oh, she's so quippy. I, if people don't think she's the funniest character like in all of TV, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> there's plenty of evidence to support it. Exactly. In the barn, uh, Waverly's trying to convince Nicole that Winona tried to hurt her and that Winona's the one who's possessed. And Nicole's buying it. And she like puts her body in front of Waverly. And she's like, I got you. I swear I got you. She's going to protect Waverly. As Waverly's behind her holding onto the sculpture the whole time. And Winona comes in through the door with her flask of the unbinding juice. And Nicole's like, you know, Waverly told me what happened and I'm not going to let you near her. And I was like, no, you know, the demon jumped, like, keep up, right? The demon's now in her. She needs to drink this stuff. Waverly says she's lying. Don't trust her. And Winona says, Nicole, you are not my sister's keeper. I'll admit you're a little queen brisk of bossy town for my taste, but I know you love her. <laughs> and, you know, I love her, too. And that thing is trying to keep her from us. Um so that's just very sweet that like, I know you love her, you know, she's got, she's got to like talk some sense into everyone at this point, it's like a hostage negotiation. And then Waverly says, shoot her. It's the only way this is when, Nicole when you knows. blew your chance, Sam Mishkin. Yeah. Mish- Mishkin, you like rookie mistake because yeah. she would never say that. Nope. <laughs> Cooper and this. I love the physicality too. Kind of cut. Sorry to cut you off, here, but I no. I just love the physicality in how Cat plays it for Nicole. Could using her hand to literally hold her behind her, right? You know, knowing with I mean, it's just you know the their relationship and where it's got to, and at this point, her concern for her and everything else. I just it, it does such a great job of showing us without having to say it. Yeah, it's the whole, it's the way hot bind or way hot like tie, right? Like they are so bound together and like such soulmates. This is still pretty new in their relationship, but she's like, I'm going to put my body, like I'm like going to lay down my life for you against your sister if I have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guverly says she's weak and just tosses Nicole like after Nicole's ready to lay down her life for her she just throws her like a rag doll into well, a she's thing. not it's not going to help her it's not going to help the demon anymore I know so it's not Waverly yeah so knocks her out poor Nicole's always being knocked around and uh in the post-mortem with Bridget she's Bridget says poor hot really got tossed aside hard <laughs> Emily says Poor cat has been tossed aside so many times. Her stunt doubles all black and blue too. Don't discount hot. She has some moments coming down the line where she's maybe, maybe she's sick of getting her butt kicked and is going to kick a little butt herself. I also want to say she's not out of danger. <laughs> I can't even read this without laughing. Cause like, this is Emily taunting everyone, right? She says, <laughs> Oh, it's yes. so horrible. Bridget. <laughs> It's so wonderfully delicious. And there's so many possibilities, really. (laughs) But I can just hear her saying, oh, it's so horrible, Bridget. (laughs) Poor Bridget. And all of us sucking it all up word by word, week by week. We're all suckers. 
Waverly and Winona go back and forth with like Winona begging her to like fight it off a little longer. Waverly's like, it won't let me. Finally, she remembers something and she says, remember when you made me drink grape soda until it came out of my nose? Winona's face when she recalls this is the cutest thing ever. Oh, pure excitement. Yeah. Just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like light bulb (laughs) moment. She doesn't skip a beat when she catches on. Um, She punches her in the stomach, flips her under her back, sits on her. Holds her nose, forcing her to drink it. And she does. Until she barfs out goo and the baby tentacle Michigan. <laughs> so gross. Just so gross. Winona hopes uh, it never finds peace. And she shoots it. Storm clears. Ewan and his order are like, well, I guess it's fine. We can go now. I guess she did what she needs to do. There's a lot that happens in this. I feel like. Yes. And, and I know some folks have over the years um wondered about uh, you know once the the demon is out and, and nicole wakes up and them sharing a kiss after the whole grossly throwing up the demon mm-hmm. but you know again it's another one folks don't don't pull the thread i can't <laughs> oh, imagine go with the young go with the young love okay yeah i can't imagine turning nicole away <laughs> just because of the little dirt turning away waverly just for a little demon goo a little like, demon bad come on okay. right <laughs> right it maybe it tastes like maple syrup we don't know what goo <laughs> tastes like we'll have to ask varun <laughs> uh nicole goes to waverly and she says whoa that was so new year's 2012 i can't believe i ordered you to shoot her and nicole says she almost did it i would shoot anybody oh oh only Nicole Hot can make that sound completely. And she can romantic. pull it off too. I know. She it's can just pull it off. Hot and romantic when she says it. Not creepy at all when she says it. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. That's right? exactly good observation, Ian. Perfect Any, observation. Anyone else? It's creepy. Kat like, what? can make that work. Right. Most of us would be giggling at each other. Genius. All the awards go to Cat <laughs> Brown. Uh, she thanks Wynona for saving their girl. My nun is like, that thing took Willa. I wasn't letting it take Waverly, too. And yeah. Oh, that's a good sister moment, too. Mm-hmm. She says she knew she'd rescue her. And then Wynonna's like, yeah, all I did was show up with a flask. Standard ERP operating procedure. <laughs> but it's sweet, too, because it's like, it's like sweet. And then, like, Nicole is still, like, a little crushed, right? And she's like, you said some really nasty things back there. My nun is like, yeah, well, that was the demon talking. I don't believe all of it. <laughs> Poor Nicole's like, what do you mean all of what it? What do you mean all of it? But it's just that sweet, like the way she can tease her. That's right? just a big sister protecting her I little sister. Back at the sheriff's office, Dolls tells uh, Jeremy that Lucado's gone. And Jeremy's like, well, yeah, but BBD's gone too. Like they showed up and they cleared everything out. So we don't know what's going on with that. At the firehouse, Winona just checks in with Ewan and she's like, you know, what do you do exactly here? And he says that it's his job to protect the Ghost River Triangle. And she's like, well, where the hell have you been this whole time? Because yeah. like, hello, I could have used here. a little backup. Yeah. Yeah. And then she just wants to let him know to be clear that it was the other sister who opened the gateway to the sanctuary. So kind of like lay off the other one. Mm hmm. And uh, he tells her it's not over, 
And he also says that his colleague, Juan Carlos, suggested they be allies. And she says, eh, I have enough friends. Just take care of my briefcase for now. I love the two of them basically sparring over who's, who's, got, uh, who's got priority over the other when it comes to taking care of the triangle. Right. Like, you know what? I got a squad. I got a Scooby gang. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you just you got, got a lot of axes. Friends. Okay. Yeah, you, you got axes and some bird friends, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I need you. Oh, and then what happens next, Kevin? I don't know. My, my, mine cut out. I thought that was the end. <laughs> it's like, like, <laughs> like, I don't know if you had to narrow it down to like 15 scenes in all of the series. I don't know if this is like up there. It's a, uh, it's a big one. It's a big one. Waverly is sitting on those stairs, those magical stairs, stairs that will make our jaw drop now and in season four. Very true. <laughs> and um yeah Winona thought that Waverly was going to stay at Nicole's but she says that she had to get something and that the demon told her things about Winona when it was in her body and Winona's like oh so you know all my secrets which I wonder what secrets she thought that maybe she knew like if you had to guess what would you think she like secrets she would have been worried about bleaker case banditos okay I thought maybe like who she really loves, that she really mm-hmm. does love Doc or that she does love dolls. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Or, or Mama. Ooh, that yeah. was a secret still. Right. That's a good, good been there. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. I, She's I got plenty a lot of flashed. secrets. Yeah. yeah. A lot flashed through her head at that moment. <laughs> she was in her Rolodex real quick. Like, oh shit, which one's going to be the worst yeah. one? Yeah. You want this alphabetically or chronologically? What fire do I have to put out? <laughs> and, uh, Waverly says, I'm not sure even you know this one yet. And she hands her the bag. Winona opens it. Her face just falls. And next we have Waverly knocking on a closed door, asking if she's okay in there and letting Winona know that she's there for her now and forever. And this whole scene is just freaking magic. The way it's like, cut away where you can just see them both on you know there are separate rooms and their backs are to the door together the camera work the way Waverly slides down the door oh it's so good (laughs) she asks what Mixion told her and she says that her body was not an ideal fit it was too crowded and she says Wynona you're not alone she says you can say that again and another amazing camera angle as she just like turns the pregnancy test and you can see the yes again an herb sister moment in terms of uh, waverly being there for you know even saying i'm here for you now and forever mm-hmm. little sister <clears throat> and, and not to take away from the beauty of the moment but i'm very curious as many of you know bonnie and bridget and i had visited the set months earlier so we knew mel was pregnant right. so we spent several episodes waiting <laughs> for the reveal. Yeah. So it wasn't a big shock. That wasn't, I mean, the shock was that day on set. So Mel, mm-hmm. six months pregnant. Um, but I'm curious for you, Anne. I mean, what, what was that like? You know what? I was going to ask you, <laughs> wait, but, you're, but I totally forgot you already knew. Yeah. I don't know how I so quickly forgot that part. <laughs> but um, I f- kind of had a good idea when she handed her the paper bag. Okay. Cause like, that's like a classic pharmacy, like what? Yeah. Put it in a brown paper, paper bag. Ba- yeah. Brown yeah. paper bag. It's like either mm-hmm. that or she's handing her porn. One of the two <laughs> things. 
For some other um, people, it would be alcohol, but no, why not? Right, no, that oh, right yeah. out of her bag. She doesn't need to hide that. She doesn't hide that. Um, <laughs> she probably wouldn't hide her porn either. But um, <laughs> yeah, I had a good idea. I was like, just like the way the scene was, right? The music, the um, the like sincerity in it. Everything was just very serious. Um, I was like, oh my God, is what? But again, like I didn't physically see anything that was like making me think that it was just like the tone of the scene and this brown paper bag. Mm. And the way she said it, she had to stop and get something. And I was like, holy shit. Um, and then the rest of it, like with her being in the bathroom, I immediately was like, yep, that's what it is. Like, here it comes. Oh my God, here it comes. Ugh. But I still couldn't believe it. Yeah, and then I, mean, I was, was just like, how the fuck is this going to work? Like, <laughs> you know, it's like you get yeah. this, you get this bomb dropped on you and then your head immediately like for everything, you know, oh, how is she going to have one just one hand? Like every little thing that they drop on you that I'm just like fast forwarding my head, like how is she going to raise a child in this environment? Like how, what? And, there you go. And, how, what? I, I, well, <laughs> you're now speaking for everybody in the fandom. Yeah. Who didn't know that before watching the show, whether it was, you know, back as it was airing or even if you were binging, but hadn't heard a lot about it. So it was, when you, okay. So then you found, so you knew she was pregnant, but you didn't know how it was going to be revealed. Correct. So the night, oh, well, you guys had screeners though. Well, here's the interesting thing. Yes, we had screeners and this is one of only like two episodes um, that Bonnie and I um, did not get to see early because sci-fi, because of how much we wanted to make sure the state under wraps mm -hmm. and because a decent amount of folks will get screeners. And let's face it, folks, you've probably seen things shared that shouldn't have been for other shows sometimes. So to make sure they didn't release this screener to, but, you know, probably a single handful of people um, that had access to it. So they, they had announced that there wouldn't be screeners for this episode. Um, now, Bonnie and I knew why. It was like, oh, okay, fine, pregnancy reveal. Right. <laughs> so it was interesting because, you know, I, I sent an email to the sci-fi press rep who had a great relationship with um, to say, you know, I respect what you folks are doing, you know, keep it under wraps, you know, don't this close to the reveal. Let's not let it get a chance to get out there. But I said, you folks do realize we were on set and have known for months <laughs> that this is coming. <laughs> right. We could have kept this secret yeah, too. We've been keeping this a lot longer. So, you know, but they still wanted to keep it under wraps. So, yeah, no, we had not seen this one earlier. So the exact reveal, we didn't know until that night when it aired. So then when it aired, were you just like all DMing each other and like, oh, my God. Oh, I mean, I, that, this was one of those moments you know, I, I don't want to say a small handful, but there's certainly a shorter list over the all the seasons of the show where having either seen the episode early or knowing something's coming, watching on Twitter is just pure gold because you're just waiting to see, you know, and normally it's people getting excited about something or concerned. But when that happened, the, just the collective gasp <laughs> right, was just amazing to watch. And I still remember that night hosting, you know, we did our whiskey and donuts on a hangover afterwards. It was just just as you said, uh, oh, what, how, what does this mean? Uh, what's going to happen? You know, it's just the collective, where do we go from here? And then did they see it? 
I got to make more time for myself to like, to, I want to, I want to match up episodes and be like, okay, I know this happens in this like big episodes like this, where it's like, and then to go back in the Twitter archives and see what people were posting on July 7th, 2017. Twitter's got an advantage to go to any date and time right Um, so it's like if you know like what episodes you're looking for like what bombshells uh but so then did they let the cat out of the bag that mel was is pregnant in real life at that time too um it came out i mean like it's in richard richard's goodness bridget's post-mortem yeah talking about a little bit and yeah and other things there so yes it it became more uh widely known but i mean this is also uh and and i know we we talk about the postmortems every episode on the podcast and, and how amazing they are. And even if you're someone, folks, who's only maybe occasionally checked out one of them, if you're a fan, and you must be if you're listening to us, when I say a fan, a really hardcore one, please check it out, the one for this episode, because Emily shares so much, goes into so much depth on this, talking about it, how it kind of you know had to come into play, the changes that had to be made, supporting Mel and everything else. It's just, it's a beautiful read. It really will, will just enrich your ERP experience. If you read this postmortem, even if you don't listen to or watch or view or read any of the other ones, except to hear us babble on about them, because this is just a, such an important moment in the show. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And there's a lot dedicated to um, like, this is a longer article than, than some of the other ones are, because there is a lot dedicated to just the importance of that. And, um, you know, the way it came about and how Emily was like, no, we're, we're making this happen. Like we're going to have a pregnant superhero. You know, I know we love the show, so we're obviously always going to say great things about it. But when mm-hmm. you look back on some of the decisions, the creative choices that Emily and her crew have made, you know, having a pregnant superhero, you know, putting the bulletproof vest on Nicole Hot, doing things like the stair scene, like just amazing, like groundbreaking things that just should have gotten so much more attention. What do I say? Except yes. I know, I know. Yes. I mean, it, I'm choir. nodding. Yeah, I'm nodding. Yeah. And, and all of you probably are too, as you listen. That's just, just amazing. And, and, and that, and, and again, goes back to all of our discussions, podcasts or social media or in person, or whatever, what a, what a magical experience this is for so many of those reasons. Um, but yeah, to, and, and to, as, as we now have the ability to look forward to what's going to be coming how beautifully it was done, mm-hmm. how much it just became a natural part of the story, complete with an episode that's going to do a nice time jump so that, you know, you can deal with the amount of time she would have been pregnant by now right. um, to make it fit into the story. So it looks like they just wrote it this way from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, that is some amazing stuff, folks. I mean, amazing. To be able to, to pivot like that when you've when you've already got this this idea and things written down on paper Mm -hmm. again, how much we don't know and we'll never know. Um, But to pivot be like, no, we're going to take it from this. And, and for her to not be so for her being Emily to not be so set in her ways, or I don't know if it's the word I'm looking for, but like egotistical about like, no, this is where I want this story to go. To mm-hmm. be able to be like, we can tell an even better story if we do this. 
you know, yeah. just to pivot is just is so amazing. And then to do the choice to, I don't know, we have plenty of time to talk about it, but like to not keep Alice around, you know, that's, that's a big taboo story too, to, to rehome her with family and not keep her around. It's, but gosh, it's like the story's so rich. Oh, it is in so many directions. And this is something is to step back and appreciate, um, you know, how well that was pulled together and, and credit to the show's producers and credit to the sci-fi folks too, for going with Emily's idea. I mean, let's face it. A lot of times there might've been pushback of now that'll never work. We're either going to have to, you know, stay off the air another six months, nine months, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, or try to hide it. No, I mean, to, to go all in on that and, and have the, all of the powers that be, uh, go with them to do it and, and just see how magically and beautifully it was done now. Uh, just it is something to behold. It really is in today's TV world. And to see too how, you know, th they have the element of all of them kind of camping out together in Calgary, spending these long months together while they're shooting because they're all removed from their families and things like that. But then, you know, so they've bonded over that, but then to have this additional, like this well-guarded secret that they all kept together as well. And, you know, preserving and protecting uh, Melanie's pregnancy throughout the shooting just like adds that additional element to like their family dynamic that they all have there. And I think it's really fascinating. And you have to wonder too, like what may have happened if they didn't have Emily as a showrunner, if they had a, a male showrunner, would it have been completely different? And you can see how this just connected like Emily and Mel even more. And I can see why season two is a favorite for so many. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a chance for us as viewers, certainly. And, and all of you, you know, the rewatch side of it, just to appreciate it and enjoy it. Um, you know, be able to watch it play and, and see how well it works. Right. It's so, really something. Yeah. But yeah, if you, if you haven't read Bridget's stuff, what are you even doing here? <laughs> We're obviously big fans and it, it really adds to the, to the viewing experience when you match them up with each episode. Like, yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're also interesting time capsules to go through and just read on their own. But when you do it, when you watch the episode and then you read that, um, just to kind of get into the, the headspace of that time, that period of time, um, especially for those of us who weren't in it at the time, you know, some of the newer uppers. Yeah. That's why I say it just, it gives you such a richer experience and especially this one, I guess, especially this one. Right. That's why we have the link in our show notes so you folks can find them on Bridget's site. Play along at home. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can also play along at home by emailing us, letting us know what you think of episodes, things that we might have missed or things you would disagree with or agree with. Uh, drop us a line by uh, emailing us at herbologypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at herbologypodcast.com. And you can also DM us or uh, take us in a tweet at herbology underscore pod. Always appreciate the feedback and the thoughts, folks. Makes it such a rich experience for Ann and I, really. Um, and if uh, Ann will indulge me for a minute, as you folks might be hearing on my side of the audio, a lot of fireworks. Um, we're recording on uh, 4th of July weekend, which means it's the same weekend that uh, Herbfest just took place over in Glasgow. Um, and, you know, a great opportunity with uh, Dom attending for lots of Herb Sister content. 
to come out there. And I just want to put out a big thank you uh, to the folks on Twitter, uh, making sure I saw all the awesome photos. Um, so many people tagging me in replies, asking me if I saw this photo or that one, or asking how I was doing emotionally, getting a chance to see Mel and Dom back together and lots of that. So the entire community and, and so many amazing folks, um, Ron, for with the help of Alice and Jen, you know, doing a Herb Sister photo op and dedicating it to me. And Mitch and another Jen doing a photo op, the same thing with a forehead kiss and a sign, you know, that we love Kevin. I mean, I, I don't deserve you folks, really. The, the way that you embrace me and the way that you folks are aware of this and so many of you interact on that, I, I'm one of the luckiest people on the fucking planet. I just want you to know that. And well, then, you do deserve it because you, you're, you're getting back what you put out there and you put a lot out there. And there's a lot of us who wouldn't even be together if it weren't for the show and, um, you know, the ambassadors of it that have come before us. And you're one of those that has helped link so many people together that, of course, we're going we're gonna to try to give back to you as much as we can, too. So that, that was really cool to see this weekend. Especially on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it was. But it, again, I cannot thank enough of you, and just thank you. I just wanted to publicly be able to say it because trying to get it across in a in a written tweet doesn't always get there, and it really meant a lot to me. And and I just want you all to know that. Oh, absolutely, and hopefully, we'll you'll have your day in. Uh, I don't know, 40 days or so, maybe. Fingers crossed. Yep. Acon Canada coming up. Looking forward to that. So yep. appreciate you uh, letting me go off a little bit there. Anytime. All right. And until next time, take care, everybody. All right. Take care, gang. Bye. <laughs>